Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Profit Podcast. I'm Nick Horeb, the founder of Harvest Profit, coming to you with another solo episode from West Fargo, North Dakota. And so today I'm going to talk about one of the unfortunate realities of grain marketing. And when you talk about anything related to financial markets, you have to throw out a caveat. Every year is different. Uh, just because something happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. But with that said, there tend to be certain cycles that repeat themselves. And more so than, than price cycles, it's the emotional, the behavior cycles of those that participate in financial markets. If you think about somebody who's hedging precious metals or you know, hedging multiple inputs in a commodity-driven manufacturing business. Uh, that could be a steel plant uh, or a farm. Specifically, we're going to talk about farming today. So I'm going to rewind back to, I believe it was October of 2010. 2010 was a very interesting growing season where we had some areas that had too much precipitation early and then we didn't have any really hot, um, you know, 100 plus degree stretches for, you know, a, for a couple weeks during the prime pollination time. But what we had were temperatures that got really hot overnight. And nobody, you know, everybody was cognizant of the, the fact that that is not conducive to big bumper crops, specifically on corn. Uh, during the reproductive phase. But regardless, commodity prices were quite bearish from the late spring throughout most of the summer in 2010. Uh, we touched, there were some cash prices in, in my neck of the woods, and we had a pretty, re, a pretty decent basis at the time, but we had uh, you know, some 295, 290 cash prices. And so things were pretty doom and gloom. We were coming off, cost of production had started to come down off of the highs that we saw in 2009. If you remember, we saw drastically high fertilizer prices in 2008 that got baked into a lot of 2009 cost of productions. And so some of that stuff started to normalize and cost of production, you know, some fertility plans were half the price, half the cost of what we had saw in 2009. But regardless, we were looking at significant losses um, for a lot of farms, the majority of farms, based on where commodity prices were in May, June, July of 2010. So October of 2010 comes. Actual harvest has been going on in the I States. Yields are quite disappointing. The market caught wind of that and, and prices started to rally. And then we had the USDA WASDE report where they whacked yields rather significantly and the market adjusted higher. And so this was a, a rally typical of what maybe we saw this past year in 2019. I don't really like to talk specific years when we're on a podcast like this because people are going to listen to it. Uh, hopefully uh, for a long time. But with that said, in, in any year, we tend to see a pretty significant rally in uh, the three wheats, corn, soybeans, canola, uh, a lot of the specialty crops. In 2010, that violent rally happened in October. And it was a little bit more than typical, a little bit of an atypical rally. And given that it 
Um, we were rallying from, you know, I'm speaking corn here just to, uh, just to kind of try to focus on a common crop, but mid $3 futures up into the fives. And so the day of the USDA crop report, I called a friend who was buying corn and soybeans in Southern Minnesota and asked him, must be a heck of a busy day for you. And he said, no, it's just a, an average day here. And I'm probably uh, less busy than normal is what he told me. I'm not buying much. And I had just come from a few years ago working for a private equity firm in Minneapolis where we would buy businesses. Um, we bought some plastics manufacturing companies that did really well, some um, consulting businesses for the oil and gas manufacturing distribution, a company that did, uh, remanufactured starters and alternators, uh, a company that uh, sold abrasives for the sandblasting industry on the Gulf Coast. So anyway, a lot of different businesses and got to see a lot of numbers, a lot of financial models. And so here I am looking at, all right, well, you know, 2009 was an ugly year for many. 2010, you know, we went from middle of summer looking at fairly hefty losses to significant profits and just kind of boggled my mind that, Nobody, nobody was taking advantage of those. And uh, you know, talking to family and friends, and and just the, the customers I was working with at that time, doing financial consulting, helping them make farm management decisions. You know, th- this emotional, behavioral roller coaster of decision making kicks in. And so, what tends to happen is, it's easy for us to watch the market drift lower and do nothing. And then that first rally comes and it's hard to not just sell the heck out of it. You know, oh, we watched this market leak lower for the last two and a half months. Um, it, you know, let's say it drifts from four, just picking a random price from 430 futures to 350. And then the first opportunity we get, it bounces back to 370, we sell the heck out of it. And then the market keeps going higher and it's hard to sell into those rallies. It's hard to keep going. Um, nobody, you know, People tend to always look at the price of options when it comes to option strategies and they tend to discount the value of the upside, for instance, in buying a put. But regardless, what tends to happen is we watch the market drift lower, we sell that first significant rally higher, and then as human beings, we find it hard to keep selling on a rally or we find it hard to, if 2010 futures rallied to 575, but 2011 futures rallied to 525, we find it hard to sell 525 new crop futures when old crop or the current crop is 575. That inverse is really hard to, to sell into. But if you look at any of these big rallies, we almost, you know, four out of five times or five out of six times, those inverses need to be rewarded. And so after my call with the merchandiser in Southern Minnesota, I talked to a couple more merchandisers. You know, how are you guys today? What's your volume looking like? Oh, it's, it's actually kind of crickets around here. Nobody wants to sell. Everybody's all bowled up. And, you know, one, like I said earlier, it's easy to focus on the past sales that we've made and think, look, look back at those with the benefit of hindsight and think how stupid was that, you know, I sold some at 375 and some at 395 and some at 410. Um, and here we are at 450. Like I'm, the market isn't going to trick me again. Like I'm not going to sell anymore. It, 
no way I'm going to let the market fool me and pick my pocket again. Well, those past sales are done. We got to forget about that. And so the focus of what I wanted to share today is just this roller coaster of decision making that tends to happen. So easy to watch things leak lower. And it's very easy to just sell the first rally. And so my conversations with these grain merchandisers were, um, you know, when when have you been the most busy? And it, it almost, it, it's very counterintuitive in the fact that it happens when farmers give up hope or they run out of time. That's when they're the most busy. If you ask any merchandiser the last few years, when did you have to do the most adjustments to your contracts? More often than not, or, or, or basically just the most work. When did you generate the most paperwork? It's more than likely the first sign of a rally that we see and then number two and this might even be the 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 top period for activity is right ahead of first notice day when you need to set the futures on your basis contracts roll basis contracts um, do something with dp grain and so it's just hard to keep making those proactive decisions the market is changing on a daily basis that daily fluctuation tends to wreak havoc on our decision making and our goal at harvest profit is to provide tools and resources to help ignore the volatility and the fluctuations and let's make the best decision that we can today and what i'm going to talk about tomorrow i'm going to record another podcast tomorrow and talk about let's reframe the decision and so rather than comparing corn is 475 today my last sale was 425. I left 50 cents a bushel on the table. What a fool I am. Let's think about it in a different frame. I think reframing the decision or the comparison that we make in our head and what data is important to us makes it easier to make those very important grain marketing decisions. And so the unfortunate reality the title of this podcast, The Unfortunate Reality of Grain Marketing, is that as humans, we tend to defer the decision until it's too late, and then we end up at first notice day. And like we've seen the last few years, first notice day can be, the time leading up to that cannot, it can be a pretty painful time for futures prices, or we tend to take action when we think there's no hope left. And when we need to be taking action, when prices are rallying, that's when we get locked up, that's when we get frustrated, we get pissed about the past decisions we've made. And so let's reframe those decisions. And so that's what I'm gonna talk about on the Harvest Profit podcast tomorrow. Uh, look forward to chatting with you then. And hopefully you're having a, a wonderful day. And if there's anything we can do for you at Harvest Profit, uh, visit harvestprofit.com. You can sign up for a free trial of our software. You can book a call with us at the bottom of the screen. There's a scheduled call link. You know, we'd love to help you in any way we can, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.